you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. 2017 Pro Bowl vote is here. It's time to vote for the NFL's best players to earn their spot at Pro Bowl, where the best meets the next. Help your favorite player earn a coveted spot on the Pro Bowl roster. Vote today at NFL.com slash Pro Bowl vote. And now, move the sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ Bucky here, back on the pod as well as on Periscope. It's Periscope Thursday, Buck. What's going on? Periscope Thursday. I like that. A little behind the scenes. Doesn't really have Good a catch. See, I got to make sure I'm, I'm always appropriately dressed and yeah, yeah, ate yeah, up and all that. You don't want to pull a Jim Harbaugh sideline. <laughs> Go digging for gold here. Um, all right, here's what we got coming up today, Buck. I want to explain it for those that are uh, maybe new to the podcast here. Tuesdays, we major... And in the NFL. We're going to start. We're going to go through everything that happened on NFL weekend. And at the end, we'll kind of uh, clean it up. We'll minor in some college football and, and some prospect talk about what we saw from those guys. Then Thursday, we flip it around. We're going to start off with a little NFL. Today, we're going to do a little draft of the uh, of the games we most are looking forward to. And then uh, and then we're going to flip it over and spend the majority of the time talking about these college players and, and future prospects here we got a bunch of them and a bunch of stuff to get to does that sound good yeah it sounds good I, I think you know we're gonna do a shameless plug of some of our other stuff so when you go to cfb 247 we have a little deal that's going early in the week i want to say monday or tuesdays we grade five prospects from the weekend we break them down uh last week i had deshaun kaiser and jonathan allen i can't remember who you, who did you grade i had lamar jackson i had uh oh gosh who else did i do lamar jackson Fournette didn't play, so gosh, who else did I look at? I'm McCaffrey because McCaffrey didn't play. I, I did. A, I either way, either way, I did a bunch of dudes. Five dudes this week. I know I'm looking at Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think I have Leonard Fournette against Ole Miss, and it's somebody else that is on my watch that we're gonna grade. We also have our weekly notebook where it's kind of a compilation deal that you and I take some of the stuff that we've seen, some of the stuff that we heard, and some of the stuff that we're looking forward to seeing. And preview. So we'll share some of those tidbits and information here, but make sure you check back because we're trying to give you all that MTS stuff. I had uh, JT Barrett, and then I had uh, Barnett. From How about that? Tennessee, who had a big game. 
uh, in that one. All right, before we get to the college stuff, though, Buck, let's go through a couple NFL games. We have some previews you touched on in our videos will be coming up later today, mm-hmm. uh, previewing some of these big matchups. But let's do a little uh, draft here. We each get – we'll get three picks here. I get three picks? So you go you go first with the first overall pick, which game you want, and uh, tell us what you're looking forward to, then I'll go next. Okay, I'm, I'm a little biased. I'm a little jaded because having spent some years up in Seattle, I'm always paying attention to what the Seahawks are doing. And this week they play the Arizona Cardinals in a Sunday night game that is pivotal in the NFC West. I want to see if the Arizona Cardinals can crack the code on solving the Seattle Seahawks defense. The last three times they've matched up, the Seattle Seahawks have absolutely pummeled them. They haven't been able to necessarily find their way, particularly Carson Palmer dealing with the Legion of Boom. And last week we saw a couple cracks in the secondary. We saw Matt Ryan hit him in the third quarter a couple times on some deep shots. With the Cardinals being a deep shot team, I want to see if the Legion of Boom can find a way to kind of fix their communication issues and keep the ball in front and make the Cardinals get into a grinded-out contest. All right, I'm going to give you a, a guess here. Who I think the most underrated player is on the Seattle Seahawks after studying some tape. Underrated. Yeah. Underrated. Underrated. Kristen Michael? Cliff Averill. Ooh. A chance I broke down Cliff Averill and watched him, Buck. He is a really, really good edge rusher. Wow. He can bend. He can wrap. Um, he's explosive. That was a great move, and they brought him in over from the Detroit Lions where he had been successful. Again, underrated there, never really got his due there. I think he's he's never been to a Pro Bowl. As productive as he's been throughout his career, never been to a Pro Bowl. He's always kind of been the number two. He's always been like the complimentary rusher on the backside of someone that is established. Michael Bennett is kind of that guy for the Seahawks. He does get a lot of production coming off the edge. Uh, There's another underrated guy, and I can't believe I didn't mention this. It's, It's kind of hard to call a guy who's been to the Pro Bowl multiple times an underrated guy. But I'm beginning to believe that Jimmy Graham has found his way. I know you can kind of yeah. take a look at him during the film session that we do on Game Pass on Total Access. But Jimmy Graham is beginning to find his way in that offense. They're doing some creative things in their 12 personnel package, one back, two tight ends, where they're getting him loose, he and Luke Wilson. They're a factor. If they can find that guy that can control the middle of the field, then Doug Ball and those other guys begin to eat more regularly in the passing game. All right. Uh, look, Jimmy Graham, we'll touch on him too on TV. He's – that's a good point there, Buck. I'm going to go my first pick of a game this week. There's some good ones to choose from, but I'm going to go Vikings-Eagles to me. That's the that's one I'm nice most looking one. forward to. Sam Bradford Bowl, we'll see how that uh, shakes out. I think you know we talk about this a little bit in, in the video, but can Carson Wentz get out of trouble? Because, they're, look, right tackle, big V, yeah. he struggled against Ryan Kerrigan last week. He's going to have a tough time. They got two fastballs coming off the edge from Minnesota. I don't think he's going to be able to hold up. They can give him some help with a back or a tight end. But there's going to be times they're going to get clean pressure on Carson Wentz. But if you look at the stats and you study the tape, Carson Wentz has been as good as any quarterback in the league at playing versus pressure. See him get away from some things and still make things happen down the field. He's got to cover up some of the warts they're going to have up front because I think that that matchup favors the Vikings on that side. Yeah, absolutely. The big challenge for Carson Wentz is dealing with all the pre-snap disguise and bluffing um, and post-snap movement that the secondary in the front does for the Minnesota Vikings. They do a great job of walking guys up into the A-gaps, faking like they're blitzing, sometimes dropping out, sometimes sending pressure. And so for a young quarterback, trying to figure out if he can figure out the, the clues that allow that allows him to know, okay, they're coming, they're not coming. I actually think the Minnesota Vikings won't blitz him a lot. I think they'll probably play coverage and force him to fit the ball in the windows. I believe in looking at the matchup on paper – 
they have an advantage in the secondary. I think their cover corners kind of match it very, very well with the Eagles, and I don't know if any of those guys can get open. I think they play coverage, and they dare the young fellow to have to fit the ball in there. That's why the Eagles' running game could be very, very critical. I think the screen game, too, is, is going to be big for the Eagles. All right, what's your next pick, Buck? Next pick, let's see where we can go. How about – this is funny because this will strike you, your hometown team, the San Diego Chargers. There we go. That was my and next pick. Atlanta Falcons. That's my sneaky good game of the week. The reason I think this is a sneaky good game, I know the record for the Chargers is 2-4, and four, but I would contend that they may – they should be probably a 5-1 and one team. They've had some things not go their way. They've been – Killed, decimated by injuries to their top guys. Keenan Allen, Danny Woodhead, uh, Manti Teo, Brandon Oliver, all those guys on IR. And this is a team that in the fourth quarter of games, they've been outscored tremendously. And part of that has been really silly mistakes. A lot of fumbles. Hunter Henry fumbled against Indianapolis. Melvin Gordon has fumbled twice in critical games. Travis Benjamin gave a game away. They had a botched snap. But when I went and saw the Chargers play, uh, the Denver Broncos a week ago. I saw a team that is still playing hard for their coach, a team that still has the ability to put points on the board, and I saw a team that could change styles. Melvin Gordon has kind of given them the ability to grind it out a little bit, alleviate some of the pressure on Phillip Rivers. I know they go down to the Georgia Dome with the high-flying Falcons, but I think the Falcons may be ripe to get got. they played a number of tough teams in succession. This may be a game where San Diego kind of sneaks in and maybe they walk out with a W. I think the Chargers get get on a little bit of roll here. You know, I know uh, the Falcons can challenge them down the field. Got some injuries in that Chargers secondary, but I think the Chargers defensive line now with Bosa. Yes, I don't want to overstate this just how important he is because you surround him with all the other pieces they have there. Melvin with, Ingram with an Ingram with a Mebane who's a good player with Corey Legit. They've got some dudes now, a formidable front. I think this offensive line has been much better with Atlanta with with Mack in there. Yep. I think the Chargers can still get after Matt Ryan a little bit in this game. I, I like the Chargers to win. It's not a homer pick. I actually do like the Chargers to win on the road in this Yeah, game. I think this is a really good game, and I think things are, are set up for the Chargers to go on the road and get a win. Uh, and talking to John Pagano after the game against the Broncos, he's talked about Brandon Meebane being a critical factor on that defense with Bosa coming back and Melvin Ingram. Their ability to get after the pass and make cover up some of their woes in the back end. I got somebody on here on Periscope saying they can't stop Julio. You might have a point, but uh, I think they don't have to cover they, him if they can get to the quarterback. If they, can knock, if the they can knock Matt Ryan around, then they won't be able to get to Julio. All right, so you that's a good pick by you there, Buck. I'm going to go my next pick, and there's some good ones still on the board. Um, I know I know Ben's not playing, but still, Patriots-Steelers is a, is, is a fun game. Man, that is a game that has not been talked about a lot for sure. No, I mean, it took some of the luster off. I mean, I saw that stat something like over the last couple of years. They, only five games, I think, where we've seen Ben – uh, Antonio Brown and uh, and Le'Veon Bell play at the same time. So they haven't been able to keep the big three healthy and on the field. But I still think in this game against the Patriots, new quarterback, I still think they can present that defense with some problems, namely with Le'Veon Bell kind of getting loose in the passing game as well as the running game. I think he's the key in this one. Yeah, I think he is the key because they need to play keep away. I don't want to have Landry Jones throw 30 or more times because I think that's a recipe for disaster. The big thing when I'm looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers is can their defense find a way to slow down uh, Gronkowski and Martellus Bennett? We've seen since Tom Brady has come back, those two guys have really gotten on track. Gronkowski had a huge game 
a week ago. Tom Brady has his rhythm. And they've also been able to find the back out of the backfield. Their main formation is when they go three by one with a nub tight end, Rob Gronkowski at the Y, away from the three receivers, and they put the back to that side. They have a lot of combination routes where they can isolate and uncover the back or even Rob Gronkowski. Pittsburgh must have an answer for that. They have a chance. All right, the biggest issue with the Steelers in this game, everybody's going to point to Ben Roethlisberger not being there. I'm going to flip it over to the defensive side. No Cam Hayward, who is who is an outstanding player. When you watch what the Miami Dolphins offensive line did to them last week with no Cam Hayward out there. You can try and run it right at him again. I think you're going to see a heavy dose of the run game from New England. So, Tom Brady will get uh, all the attentions playing at an elite level. I think it's the ground game in New England that's the difference. I like them in this one. What's your uh, What's your last pick here? Buddy? You know, I'm, I'm I'm torn because there are a couple ga- games that that are, are squarely in my wheelhouse. One would be the Buffalo Bills versus the Miami Dolphins, um, and I think that's talked about. I've talked about the Buffalo Bills a lot, so I'm gonna go to this other game, which is a huge game in the AFC South. How about the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans? And on the surface, didn't would this wouldn't appear to be a huge game, but it's a big game for the Tennessee Titans because they're sitting at 3-3. Three and three. They have an opportunity to go to 4-3. and three. Their quarterback is playing better. Marcus Mariota, last two games, he's been over 100 from a passer rating. But on defense, they have 12 sacks in the last two games. They're knocking quarterbacks around, and Dick LeBeau is really creatively getting after the quarterback. Andrew Luck has been absolutely battered. This is a chance for the Tennessee Titans to kind of send a message to the league that they may be a legitimate playoff contender this year. It's interesting you picked that game. The Colts just gave away the game last week. Up, gave it away. Up 14 with three minutes left. Gave it away. All they needed to do was seal the deal. Just Didn't finish, do it. Just finish the deal. And, and I thought, you know, there was some positive takeaway, especially offensively for the Colts in that game. I thought their offensive line is, is much improved. I thought they played well in that one. Some of the pressure in that that they did have on Andrew in that game was on Andrew sprinting out, and then he had another one where he had a back and a tight end blow of protection. But I think they ran the ball effectively. Frank Gore finally got that 100-yard rusher. Finally got it. Almost gave it back, but then he got it. The question for me, though, the Colts defensively at linebacker are not good. They're not good there. And I think with this run game with Tennessee – you got to find a way to slow that down. This could be a, a week where these backs for Tennessee, maybe we see a little more Derrick Henry. We know what we've, we've seen from DeMarco Murray. I think Tennessee stays committed to the run. Uh, things could be looking good for them. However, I think the Colts offensively, I think they'll be able to protect against a front from Tennessee that's very underrated. Very underrated. Jarrell Casey playing well. It's a good group, and Arakpo's been really, really good for them. So I think that's kind of going to be the matchup to watch. I think a little bit of an advantage – Tennessee offensively running the ball against the Colts. The question is, can the Colts be high-flying and create enough plays in the passing game to, to kind of combat that? I think this is a really competitive, close game. Uh, you know, if you told me to, to pick it, Buck, I don't feel great about it. I mean, I I would probably – I always end up leaning towards the quarterback. I would probably lean Colts close, but I think this is a toss-up game. Uh, it is a toss-up game, but I'm going to lean in the other direction. I believe Marcus Mariota – and the running game for the Titans, they make the difference. Mariota's beginning to run the ball more, creates a different dimension. Power down here running game with DeMarco Murray, spread it out, some zone read things with Marcus Mariota. I think that just may be enough to get them over the hump. All right, my last pick then. I got one more, right? One more. Last pick. I'm going to go dun, 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 dun. I'm gonna go to the young quarterback battle with the Raiders and the Jags. How I'm looking forward that? to that. Bortles going up against Derek Carr. We'll see who gets the better of that. Um we, again, we previewed this in the video, so I won't, I won't uh, steal our thunder there with that one, Buck. But the Raiders' defense was awful. When I studied them against Kansas City, they didn't know how to line up. They couldn't cover anybody. They, they could not generate consistent pressure. The Chiefs bullied them up and down the field. 
they have to get better on that side of the ball. Bruce Irvin specifically has to get better. He struggled, and Andy Reid was just toying with him. Now, we we anticipated or we expected the Oakland Raiders to be a team that would be dominant on defense, really, with all the additions, maybe Khalil Mack taking another step up. Um, but they haven't necessarily played to the expectation. The secondary hasn't kept the ball in front of the defense on uh, on the front line. They haven't been able to knock around uh, the quarterback. So they need to play well in this one because this is a very big game for them. They're now at the point where they need to win the games that they're expected to win. I think this is a game that most would expect them to win, even though it's on the road, it's against the Jaguars. They should win this game. They can't fall behind further in the AFC West. They have to get it done. I just think it's a tough challenge for them because Jacksonville's offense is high-powered, and they can expose all the cracks that they have in the back end. Second half. You're talking about second half of games? We're talking about the first half. Second half of games. Second half. That's when they get it rolling. He's a slow starter. Got to loosen up a little. Slow starter. They've got the Jags have got to be better early on in games, but uh, yeah, that'll be a fascinating one, Buck. All right, let's. uh, You were transitioning over to some college. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about some college. What are you talking about in your notebook? First of all, you teased it a little bit about. Oh, chock full of stuff. So. The matchup that I'm looking forward to looking at this weekend, Ole Miss versus LSU. Keep your eyes fixated on the middle of the field. Jamal Adams, the safety from LSU, taking on Evan Ingram, the tight end from Ole Miss. Ingram is a tight end, kind of in that Jordan Reed mode, a guy that likes to play, split off, detached from the line of scrimmage. He can create problems over the middle of the field. He can be a bit of a matchup nightmare for nickelbacks and slot corners. And down in the red zone, he's very, very effective. He has a penchant for putting the ball in the paint. Jamal Adams, this is a big game for him because the biggest question that every scout will have on him We've seen him as a prototype. He's big, physical. He has the ability to make plays against the run. But does he have the cover skills? Because if he has the cover skills, he can be one of those new school safeties. How he fares in this game really will give scouts a huge indicator on what he could be at the next level. Leonard Fournette, what kind of, what are you going to see from him this week? Buck? A lot of running. A lot of running between the tackles. Um, I know his ankle has been a little gimpy, but I think they've been saving him. And the way that Eddie O has changed this offense, a little more dynamic, a little up-tempo, spread. Uh, they're using all the weapons around. I'm looking forward to seeing LSU go toe-to-toe with an Ole Miss offense that is very, very prolific. That's going to be a fun game. That's uh, what I'm looking forward to, Buck. What I'm talking about in uh, in the notebook a little bit, Eddie Jackson, fascinating to me, story for the safety for Alabama, who's got – Gosh, I think he's got four pick six touchdowns. Saw it, watched a little bit cut up on him this morning of the punt returns. He's got two punt return touchdowns. He's a true free safety. Was a converted corner. Wasn't, you know, kind of a little bit of that tweener. Wasn't uh, wasn't quite fast enough to hang yep. a corner. Had a knee injury. Ends up kicking back and being a free safety. He is that, you know, in scouting, it's interesting. I'm interested to see what you think about this. But in classifying these guys, because it's so nebulous now mm-hmm. how different teams are deploying their defense – it's no longer, okay, this is a Mike, this is a Sam, this is a Will, this is a 3-4 OB. There's so many different classifications for how you how these guys are used. He's a, he's a big nickel. He's a nickel linebacker, yep. dime linebacker, whatever, box safety. For, for linebackers now and for safeties, I'm using the same thing. So I have – I'm going banger and floater. <laughs> so if you're a linebacker, you're either a banger or a floater. Either you're, you're, a on the, you're either an on-the-line-of-scrimmage linebacker who's just kind of a banger or your uh, or your inside linebacker is playing downhill. You're a take on guy, or you're an athletic floater who can play in space, run, cover, blitz. I mean, and then 
safety, I'm doing the same thing. Either you're going to be a rolled-up guy who can bang and be a force player, or you're going to be a floater who's going to just be a free playing high and, and roaming over the top. That's how I'm just trying to lump these guys in so I can sort them out. Well, I think you have to. Uh, the, the more I talk to coaches and defensive coordinators, well, actually, um, all these defensive coordinators, they are talking about they now want guys who have position flexibility, meaning that in their past they played multiple positions. It gives them ability to do multiple things in that hybrid defensive scheme that we're beginning to see become popularized in the NFL. So, for instance, a guy like Eddie Jackson is a perfect fit. You're talking about a converted cornerback that has played free safety. So as you think about how this could translate to the league, he should be a guy that can play anywhere on your sub package. Sometimes you need him outside. Sometimes he can play inside on the slot. Sometimes he can be the post helper. So Eddie Jackson is a guy that can do that. I just mentioned Jamal Adams being a guy that we're trying to figure out if he can be one of those hybrids like a, a Tyron Matthew that can do a couple of different things and maybe be your big nickel, maybe like a Kenny Vaccaro. Yeah. So um, – and looking at these guys, and Eddie Jackson in particular, I love seeing him play against these teams that throw it around the yard because the more he displays the cover skills from a, a variety of spots, the higher his stock will go because he has valuable things that he brings to the table. One of the things that was interesting, I was talking to somebody around the, the Bama program that brought up a great point about him and that they're, they're letting him play even deeper. They're so good up front. Yep. Ed, Ed Reed used to do this yep. in Baltimore. It was like, okay, just – Back up two two extra yards. Yes. See everything. We don't need you as a run support player. We've got that covered with our front seven. Back up. You can take it all in and just drive and make plays all over the place, and they're doing that with him. No, I, I think that's a, critical, a, a great point. It's a great observation because sometimes when you line those guys up deeper, it makes it easier for them to take good angles to the ball, particularly on those throws that are thrown down the boundary. You talk about this guy having four pick six touchdowns, a couple punt return touchdowns. You know when we're selling guys in meetings, we like to be able to sell production. Hard to find a very, very productive player like that. I'm going to mention, I'm going to give you one more nugget yeah, we in got. my notebook. Um, what do Randy Moss, Antonio Brown, Greg Jennings, and Corey Davis have in common? Uh, Mac. Yeah. Mac Whiteouts. Although Corey. Randy Moss spent a little bit of time in the SOCOM, baby. <laughs> Southern Conference, <laughs> Marshall was in the SoCon. I'm just, I mean, I'm just pointing that out. I mean that. But, look, Corey Davis could be the next Mac playmaker to go and be an, in a star in the National Football League as a wide receiver. Watching his tape early this morning, polished wide receiver. I love his route running ability. I like his hands, his playmaking ability, and he's versatile. He plays outside. He plays in the slot. He, to me, is a very natural probably number two receiver on a team that already has an established guy. I think he can come in, and we always have our guy Reggie Wayne come in. Mm -hmm. I think he can play some of that Reggie Wayne role when Marvin Harrison was there for the Indianapolis Colts. Be someone who on occasion can step to the forefront and be the number one guy. But if he's playing with an established player, I think on the other side he can be a guy that has 70, 1,000 consistently year after year after year because he's such a good route runner and very dynamic with the ball in his hands. No question. I'm looking forward to digging in on him. Um, Buck, a couple other things I'm hitting on here. You talked about – we've talked about some of these safeties. Wide receiver, I think the depth of this class is not what it's been. So I'm no, kind of not, not, the star, not the star factor. Nah, so I'm kind of discussing the strengths. What are the positions? And so if you're an NFL fan out there and you're wondering, okay, how do we fill some needs, I'll give you some good news. If you need a safety, yep, million of them. If you need a tight end, this is one of yes. the best tight end years we've had very in a long good time. Tight, very good tight end class. So And, and deep. Um, and then uh, – Edge rushers is solid. And then, of course, the number one position is running back. Running back, so many running backs. A billion of them. But uh, a couple guys I want to highlight here, a couple under-the-radar guys. I guess, you know, for most people, it would be under-the-radar. 
South Alabama tight end Gerald Everett is, you know, we've we talk I think there's five from talking to a bunch of people and from what I've seen so far, five big tight ends so far that yep. we could potentially have in this draft class. You've got Jake Butt, yep. you've got O. J. Howard, um we have uh Sprinkle. Sprinkle's been great. Yes. You have uh Ingram, yep. who you touched on, and then this kid, Everett, is right there. And I, I watched him against Mississippi State this morning. Buck, he, he torched him. They use him on a variety of, of things. I mean, they got some throwback stuff going to him. They're throwing screens to him. He's getting down the seam. He has the game-winning touchdown catch uh, late in that game. So he's a name to definitely keep an eye on. We've seen uh, we've seen these athletic guys in the past, but then, okay, they just they bring you nothing in the run game. This guy's competitive in the run game. He You'll see him cut at the second and third level. He can wall guys off the line of scrimmage. He's not a, a trained killer up there, but he's effective enough that you can put your hand in the ground and play with him. He is definitely a name to remember. You know, the funny thing about these guys that are these athletic, what we call pass-catching tight ends, the game is shifting where now when I look at pro football, teams aren't even asking the guy to block anymore. They just bring an extra offensive lineman, and they leave him detached and allow him to be a playmaker. So it is less of a concern now than it had been in the past. But when you have a guy out there, like an Everett, like some of the other guys that you mentioned, where you can put him out wide, sometimes you can put him in the slide, you can ask him to do a bunch of different things in the passing game, they're invaluable because they stress the defense because it makes the defense quarter have to make a decision. Do I want to put my nickel or dime package out there or do I want to stay base? And so um, every team is looking for what we call these matchup nightmares. Everett appears to be a guy that can certainly do that, that enhances his value. One other name to remember, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I'm going to go Garrett Bowles. Let me let me show you the spelling here, Buck. How are you pronouncing that last name? Uh, I would go with Bowles, B-O-L-L-E-S. Or Boyes. Uh, I mean, yeah, We're not going to go there with the double L's? Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he's a, a offensive tackle for Utah. Six foot five, 300 pounds. He's a JC kid. I guess you know, I'm just reading his bio on here on their website. He was a five-star kid coming out of junior college. He was the number one junior college player in the country. So this is first year at Utah, but he's draft eligible. I'd heard some buzz on him, so I watched him against BYU this morning. Um, I saw the Holy War. The Holy War. He's physical, man, and he is. This is a terrible tackle class. Cam Robinson from Alabama. People are all over the map. Some people think he's you know Great. one of the best tackles come out. Sometimes other people think he's a guard. I'm probably somewhere in the middle. To me, he's more DJ Fluker-ish. Mm. He's more in that vein of a tackle, where, is he, where you're kind of, you get him and you're like, is he a right? Is he a guard? Can he what hold up he? at left? Is he a masher? Yeah. Is he a guy that can Just play? don't know exactly what to do with him. So um, I think he's more athletic than, than Fluker. He bends a little bit better. But there's still, there's some bad tape on him. Against, uh, against my man Miles Garrett this week, mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to go well. No, it could be problematic. It could be problematic. I, I think A&M... Not not only him, but the kid on the other side was Deshaun Hall. Yeah, he's not bad. They either. They, they, they they have a a, a, a bookend set of pass rushes that can give you problems. Everybody is. I look. I know every. You know Alabama's defense. I mentioned this last podcast, but somebody that went through there said everybody in their front seven is going to be a top two pick. Everybody in their defense will get drafted. I mean, Absolutely. How many times can you say that about a team? They're loaded on that side of the ball. However, on the other side of the ball, I think A and M is going to give them trouble. I know everybody's saying Alabama's going to blow the doors off them. 
I don't know about that. You've got a quarterback, and we'll get to the game previews here in just a second. You've got a quarterback in A&M that's beaten him as a yeah. younger player at Trevor Oklahoma. Knight. Yes. And you've got a defensive front. I think those offensive tackles are going to struggle with these two ends. Well, I think so. And also, you allude to the off factor. I don't think Texas A&M is in awe of Alabama because they've gone down there. They've beaten him before. Even when Johnny Menzel was there and he ran around and made a bunch of plays. And so, to me, I don't think they necessarily have that mystique over A&M. Now, also, outside, we talked about Eddie Jackson. This is a marquee matchup for him. He and Mika Fitzpatrick and Marlon Humphrey and some of those guys, they're going to play against a legitimate wide receiver core that has everything that you look for. Ricky Seals-Jones, Christian Kirk, uh, some of the other guys that they have on the outside that can make plays, they're going to test them with their athleticism and speed. We will see if they can go at a tempo that kind of keeps Nick Saban from having a hand and being able to call the defense the way that he wants to to take away everything that they do well. Somebody just hit me up on Periscope and said, how good is the A&M defense? Well, they got two stud safeties. One, Justin Evans, who's Absolutely. really, really good. And you can get after the quarterback, and they've got a big boy in the middle on the defensive line. So pretty good. They're not Alabama in terms of the overall talent and depth. But and I, my Ask Five question today that's going up on, uh, on uh, NFL.com was it, it, we had talked about this game is a big marquee game, so who's the best player in the game? I believed it was Miles Garrett. Now, maybe I thought Alabama has so many potential first-round picks, maybe somebody is down on Garrett and, like, no. Everybody. Oh, without – All five guys. I mean, he's fastball. He's the best player. One of the comments I got was, it doesn't matter who they're playing, he's the best player on the field, Miles Garrett. The other one – the other comment I got from a friend, from a NFC executive was – hold up, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna read you his, his uh, text message here. It is – this is fantastic. Hold on. So I sent him the question, which is the way I do these Ask Fives. I just blast out a text to seven, yep. seven eight friends, and then uh, see the, the first five that come back. So question, who's the best player in the Bama A&M game? Reply, Miles Garrett. Length, explosion. He's got speed off the corner. Uh, he creates a lot of mismatches. This should be unanimous for Garrett. If not, that scout must be exposed publicly and bear the brunt. Twitter <laughs> so, so it was. A, yeah, I see. It was, pretty, it was a pretty easy. It was a pretty easy one. But back to my original. I got way. It took a way left turn there. But Garrett Bowles, this tackle from Utah, he might end up being the uh, the top tackle in this draft class. But oh, that's an amazing little nugget, right? All right, let's jump there. into these games here. Then uh, we got the two pointer. I thought I had a terrible week last week. It turns out I ended up picking up one game. I know you were sandbagging. I, but it was still I, – I need like a 10-0 week here. I need a big week. So give me right now the two-pointer. A&M at Alabama. Sully has got Bama. Kent has Bama. Bucky, I uh, I think this game is close. I don't agree with everybody saying this is going to be a blowout for the reasons we mentioned earlier. I still think Alabama, if they protect the football, they'll be fine. Uh, I think Alabama wins a closer game in this one. You gonna go for it? You gonna I'm going for it. I'm, I'm throwing. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing it out there. Texas A&M goes on the road Woo! and they do it again down in Alabama. Uh, I like the way the Aggies are playing. Um, I know you know they had that game with Tennessee, which was you know competitive, intense, and all that other stuff. But I just think Texas A&M. I think the way they play offense, the pace, the timing, the weapons they have on the outside, a quarterback who is mobile enough to give Alabama's defense problems, I think the Aggies go on the road and do it. Someone has to pick the underdog. I'm going to go with the underdog. In I, like that. I like that bold move there. Somebody hit me up on here, Bama fan, and said uh, last year Miles Garrett played, and that didn't that didn't work out well for oh. A&M. But, look, I, we'll see how it goes. It'll be a fun game. Thursday nighter, this is a good one. Miami at VTech. 
Sully and Kent both go on Virginia Tech. Every time I go in on the Hurricanes, I went in on them against Florida State, and they blew it. Last week against your Tar Heels, I went in on Miami. That, that was an ill informed They blew it. Decision. I told you that. They, now they're at Virginia Tech, Bucky. What do you think? I'm going with Miami. I'm going with the U. I think the U bounced back. We knocked them around a little bit. I think they found their way. I think they found their way against Virginia Tech. I think Virginia Tech is actually overrated. I know they went to Chapel Hill and knocked my Tar Heels around, but it was a monsoon. I think Miami exposed them for what they are. I'm kind of tired, so maybe this logic doesn't work, but here's my logic App State. <laughs> my my Mountaineers. We go Tennessee. Should have beat them. Dominate the game and lose. Right. Virginia Tech gets the butt kicked by, by Tennessee. Tennessee. A, I saw what, Miami. What is that? Pythagorean's Miami. A equals B. B equals C. And A equals C. That's where so we're going. Miami beat the brakes off us. <laughs> so therefore, Miami's better than Appalachian State. Who's better than Tennessee? Who's better than Virginia Tech? So I'm going with I'm I'm sinking ship. Reggie, when Reggie Wayne comes in next week, he's he's got to know that I'm 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 trying. I root for his team every week. I'm going with the Hurricanes. <laughs> All right, BYU Boise State. This is another Thursday. This is a this is a better game Thursday nighter. We've got Sully BYU Kent Boise. Who you got, Buck? I'm going with Boise. I think Boise has a better team. You know, they just kind of land to cut up in the Pacific Northwest. No one knows about them, but I I, I think they get it done. I'm going to go with them over BYU. BYU is scrappy, though. All right, Boise, I did wrote something about this a couple weeks ago. They do not have a lot of NFL talent. It's not like the old days, but they are very well coached. They are very tough, and they are very uh, very aggressive. Now, BYU defensively is really good. Sataki does a great job with them on that side of the ball. But there's a couple things that I don't do, Buck. Um, I don't do sushi if I can't see water. <laughs> uh, what else don't I do? I will uh, – I will never want to see anything good happen to the Los Angeles teams, Dodgers, I, 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 professional I've teams. I've heard that. Dodgers, uh, well, I guess that's pretty much it. I just hate the Dodgers is what I'm getting at. And I never, ever bet against Boise on the blue turf. Smurf turf. I don't do it. I'm going to go Boise. All right, next one, NC State Louisville. They've got Sully Louisville, Kent Louisville. I'm going with Louisville. I think this is a game where the Lamar Jackson show takes goes to another level. He's kind of been quiet. He was quiet last week against Duke. I think they get it rectified. He has a big game against the Wolfpack. I can never pick the Wolfpack. It's just something to get. I, I just can't pick him. Somebody on Periscope hit me up and said the uh, really like the running back at BYU, and he is good. He's a good player. Jamal Willis, I he's, think his name is. Uh, Williams, I believe. He's been yes. there for a while. He is a good player. Again, he's somebody else going to be a great value for somebody in this draft because of the depth of the position. Um, Louisville, yeah. Look, NC State blew it against Clemson. I don't think they can uh, – can get that that mojo cranked up again. They've had a couple of hard-fought games against Notre Dame, tough loss against Clemson. I think Louisville big in that one. All right, in the game that you couldn't pay me, uh, well, I would guess I would do it for a million dollars, but I wouldn't do it for a hundred. You wouldn't go? I don't want to watch uh, Wisconsin, Iowa. It's like watching paint dry. Oh uh, man, uh, that's, Sully, that's so... Sully's got Wisconsin. Kent's got Wisconsin. Although I do love Sitchy, so if you're a, a Wisconsin fan out there. Uh, don't get mad at me because Sitchie's fun to watch uh, when I watched him against Ohio State last week. Uh, Wisconsin, Sully, Wisconsin, Kent, I got to go. With, I'm not. I'm going Wisconsin. You think Iowa can pull an upset here, Buck? No, I'm not picking the Hawkeyes. I'm going to go with Wisconsin, but I will say keep your eye on the cornerback, Desmond King. Thorpe Award winner last year, has 12 career interceptions, had another one. Can you play corner or is he a safety? I think he's a safety because uh, I've been around him. Uh, I worry that he doesn't have enough explosive pop 
to be able to play on the outside. And when I look at his lower body, I think he's a little, little lower body heavy. I think he's destined to be a safety at the next level. TCU at West Virginia. Kent's got TCU, Sully, West Virginia. I've been riding the West Virginia train. I'm going to stay on it. Where you got, Buck? Uh, I'm going to go with West Virginia because last time I picked against them versus Texas Tech, and they beat the brakes off Texas Tech, so I'm going to go with uh, the Mountaineers. Arkansas, Auburn. Uh, I'm big on Woo Pig Suey. Arkansas for Sully, Arkansas for Kent. You got Arkansas. Nah, I'm going the other way. War Eagle. War Eagle. They're running the rock right now. They don't even know their nickname. War Eagle Tigers. I, I, I need them to be a little more. I got Auburn. I think, look, Auburn's got the run game cranked up a little bit, and I think their defensive line can help slow down that Arkansas run game. I know Arkansas putting it up in the air a little bit. I just think Auburn, the fighting Malzahns, sneak <laughs> one out there. All right, Ohio State in the whiteout at Penn State. That's a night one, too, isn't it? It I mean, is a yeah, night one. Yes, yeah. it's, 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 it's a whiteout game. Uh, I'm going to go uh, guy that I coach flag football with. James Hyde is a big Ohio State fan. And so what we always do with the kids, we go, oh, H. I-O. Oh, yeah, so we can go Ohio State on this one. Yeah, and, and again, keep an eye. If you're watching this game, if you're uh, just a college football fan or you're an NFL fan and want to see a, a future NFL stud, watch our safety. Malik Absolutely. Parker. We've been a huge sponsor of his. So. Also, number four was Samuel. Samuel. And by the way, yeah, I heard uh, – We'll see. We'll see if what decision he makes at the end of the season. I've Whew. something in that regard, but we'll wait and see what happens. Nice he's player. fun. He's explosive. Another running back. What do you know? Oh, how about this one? Ole Miss, LSU. Kent and Sully split. Kent, Ole Miss, Sully, LSU. The fighting Orgeron. I'm going with the fighting nose. Eddie Orgeron. I think LSU gets it done. Orgeron is going to tighten his grip on that job. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go LSU as well. I think Fournette goes off. Um, all right, last game. Last one. Pac-12, Washington State at Arizona State. We've got Washington State, Sully, Washington State, Kent. What do you think, Buck? Wazoo. I'm, I'm, I'm buying Wazoo. Their defense is a little saltier than it has been in the past. Offensively, Luke Falk. Maybe we're going to have to talk about him as a legitimate prospect. He throws it around the yard a little bit. I'm going to go Washington State as well. And uh, here's my nightmare about this upcoming draft is that a bunch of guys end up staying in. And then with the guys that end up in the class, what, what think about this, Buck. You know how long it takes to watch these games yeah. on tape? There's 100 play games. They run so many snaps. This, what if these are the three quarterbacks? <laughs> Mahomes from Texas Tech. Ooh. <laughs> Our old boy uh, Davis Webb up at Cal. Cal. A lot of tape watching. But you know what you have? And now we've got Falk at Washington You have State. a PhD. It's going to take me five hours to yeah, but you have a watch PhD one of these in the dudes. air raid. You'll be able yeah. to take your little son out. Y'all be able to do all kinds of air raid stuff. Yeah. Well, let's let's get some pro style quarterbacks in here. <laughs> Those guys are easy to do. They don't exist anymore. I know. That's true. Uh, all right, Buck. That's uh, that's gonna do it for us here. Any other thoughts on the college uh, weekend? Looking forward to. Just hoping the Tar Heels can get a tough win. Got to go. For no the Tar Heel game. game on us this week. Nah, they, they took us out, but we're playing Virginia, so we're we're focused. We're ready. We need to get it. I think we're wearing the white jerseys with the blue pants, the white bonnets. Liking my Tar Heels right now. No, you're, you're on a nice little roll. I'm just waiting to see who Indiana gets in this next basketball recruiting. <laughs> so I can keep up with you. All right, that's going to that's gonna do it for us here today. A lot of fun NFL, college football. We have tons of uh, videos. Be sure to check those out, by the way. Later today, they will be up. If you haven't seen it already, who would you rather build around? Rob Gronkowski or Odell Beckham? Who's better? Just take the pass. We have pass catcher on the outside. That's we have that debate one. video. You want to check Easy that out? Easy choice. What's wrong with Aaron Rodgers? Again, you can find all these videos, uh, NFL.com slash MTS video, as well as on YouTube. Just pump in the Move the Sticks playlist. We've got 
over, I think, close to 200 videos on there. So lots of stuff for you guys to check out there. And uh, we'll have some more previews of these NFL games coming up later today as well. All right, that's going to do it for us, Buck. We will be back next week, wrap up the NFL weekend and touch on college football. I don't know if Reggie, if Reggie Wayne's going to be back. I'm going to lobby for it. He's been two weeks in a row now. I think Reggie's good for the show. We'll see if we can get him back next week as well. Absolutely. All right, be sure to download the uh, podcast if you haven't already. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a comment and rate it. We're trying to get those ratings up. Uh, please do us a favor. Go on iTunes and tell us uh, what you think of the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Until next time, thanks for checking us out. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.